So today we are very honored and pleased because we have a guest from France and he's somebody that I met at a queue. Coincidentally, when we have some issues with our badges, <laughs> and this is the biggest retail event of the year, NRF 2020. So tell us your name, tell us uh, which company you represent, and uh, maybe walk us through a day in your life as an introduction. Okay, um, so I'm Pascal Melotti. Um, I work uh, in Valtec. I work in Paris, located in Paris, but um, and I'm business development and strategy uh, director. Uh, it means that I'm trying uh, to do my best uh, with my clients uh, to lead them to the business transformation uh, or the digital transformation sometimes. Um, I'm part of, a, um, of an integrated network of agencies around the world. I guess we have 45 uh, offices around the world in uh, 17 countries, yes, on the five continents and uh, more than 3,000 employees now. Which, which is big, and at the same time, if you are comparing to Publicis Sapient or uh, Accenture Digital, maybe it's small, but for us it's big because it means that uh, we can start any digital project where we have to, uh, let's say, to implement a digital platform with 100 or 200 people, experts on the project. So this is the kind of things we can do in the world on uh, different uh, geographic areas. Um, as for my, my job, uh, I, I'm doing so many things. This is the, the, the great part of my job. You know, I can, uh, sometimes my, my kids are telling me, what, Dad, you're, you're paid for, for going around in New York and visiting some new concept stores. And, uh, and sometimes, of course, it's, um, it's less fun and uh, it's more, uh, uh, project involved and when when you are doing some digital project uh, sometimes you can be delayed it, it, it's difficult relationship with the client so really it, um, it, it, my, my days are are really different from one day to another um, but it's true that um, I'm very lucky uh, as a being part of the NRF uh, since I've been doing in the last five years so this is almost like your fifth or sixth trip to uh, attend this uh, event, right? Yes, exactly. This is something that uh, Valtech, uh, we started a few years ago, the retail, uh, of course, uh, with, uh, let's say, that the digital, the, the merging of uh, the real world with the digital. Uh, we are part of this uh, adventure and uh, we are working on more and more uh, um, what we call connected experiences projects where we are designing the future of uh, stores, reinventing the retail. I don't think the retail is dying, as some people are saying. Maybe mainstream retail is dying, but uh, I still think that uh, if, you, if you can reinvent uh, the experiences for uh, the end customers, uh, there is still so many great things to do um, in the retail world. I love your positivity because uh, that's what I felt as well when I walk around and I see uh, so many big brands, right, scaling up their booth to like uh, like a house, you know, it's as big as a house, as a bungalow. So I think they're trying to maybe cut through the noises and uh, really send out a message to the uh, retailers that 
you're going to have a roaring 2020s. Do you agree with that? Yes, I, I really think about it. And if you, since I'm, I'm coming from France, there are many French retailers coming here every single year. So they know that, the, let's say that this is the mecca of uh, the retail. They have to, to, to follow the trends, to, 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 to understand what's going on. It's a very complex world here, around here, because you know there are so many new technologies, uh, so software uh, uh, tool vendors and the software vendors, and it's difficult to understand what's, what's real, what's, uh, you know, every, everyone is saying that uh, they are doing great with their software, with their, with their platforms, we can see the, the big wigs like SAP, Adobe, or Salesforce, and smaller startups trying to reinvent, I don't know, something in the retail, in the value chain. So, and I guess for a retailer, it's difficult to understand what's going on. And it's why I think it's great to be here. And there is also another part, which is, of course, to go out there, not to stay at the Javits uh, Center and uh, to discover all the stores, the concept stores that are popping up uh, every single year in New York because uh, this city is crazy. And uh, compared to what we have in Paris, for example, it's uh, nothing comparable. It's always something that is uh, it's great for trends uh, to, to, to go around as well. Wow, now you really whet my appetite uh, to uh, explore on my own, you know, uh, and not just stay here and uh, uh, keep conducting uh, these conversations with people. I think uh, it would be interesting to, to get out of this Java Center and uh, go explore all the retail concepts uh, that must be pretty impressive in New York. And could you tell us what is the most impressive top three that you have seen so far uh, out of dozens that you have already visited? Um, it's always difficult, you know, okay, maybe I would, I would put Number one, the, the Nike store that opened in the Fifth Avenue. Um, and they are gearing up uh, with, uh, let's say, the, the experience. Uh, you know, they are, they, are, they are investing a lot with the mobile app as well. And in that, they are following uh, Apple. But of course, they are trailing behind because Apple is always improving its model. And, uh, but OK, Apple is a technology company. Nike is not a technology company. Um, I was quite surprised because uh, I thought that when I arrived, I've been reading some articles about the Amazon Go experience, and I thought there was only uh, one Amazon Go in New York, and uh, um, unbelievable, there are nearly 10 Amazon Go's already in New York, so it means that uh, from last year when they were still uh, um, investigating some problem uh, with uh, uh, the model, they've been able to industrialize in one year, um, the model um, and then if you were asking me the top three okay last year we, we launched um, okay let's say uh, it's difficult to, to speak about it but the atelier Chanel and I uh, think it's uh, reinventing uh, the way you are dealing with the uh, makeup and uh, uh, and also um, skincare so um, and and I think that one of the lessons is uh, you don't need to pack your retail space with the technology for the technology's sake. It means nothing. You must try to, to find the, 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 the right place of the technology to support your experience. And uh, I think sometimes uh, it's a success, sometimes it's, uh, 
it's less uh, let's say it's not, it's not really good it's sometimes you, you you are failing because you want to put too many technologies in in a retail store and uh, it's just the, the the right value that you want to create in the engagement and the relationship with uh, uh, with your end customers um, I, I really believe that uh, now we are entering a world where we are 100 person check-in and uh, zero person check-out. Let's say that uh, the, the purpose of a concept store is not only to sell products, it's not even to sell products anymore. Yes, you can buy everywhere at any time. With a smartphone, you have the remote control of your life. Now it's more like, how are you able in a, in a retail store to engage with your customers um, creating some profiles and it's why I'm saying 100 uh, check-in, 100 person check-in and zero person check-out. That reminds me of something that uh, Satya Nadella mentioned during his keynote uh, during the opening of this uh, uh, retail event. I think he mentioned something about uh, cutting through the noise and uh, being really visible is the uh, biggest uh, challenge for every retailer. So like what you mentioned, uh, is this uh, going to be how it's going to go towards everybody setting up retail stores, not to sell, but basically uh, to use that as a branding, as a marketing, as a way to show that uh, they're very visible and they're able to engage with their audiences and their customers. Yeah, I think that, uh, of course, we know that at the end of the day, you want to generate revenues. But uh, now, especially if you are working about concept stores and it's a great period for brands to explore new things, or flagship stores. Uh, yeah, the purpose is to do uh, to, to to make some great experiences happen for your end customers, and again to engage uh, and to create some intensity in the relationship all over the time. And um, there is something that we we, we we cannot at the moment really measure. It's uh, how long those experiences are lasting, because we are in a world where. Customers love changes all the time, things uh, being different. So uh, it's clear that uh, I think that you will need to renew your experiences um, quite often. And at the same time, I must admit that when I came here for the first time five years ago, I was really impressed by what I, can, I could see. Sorry, Now it's like uh, the market starts to mature. It's more like in the details. I cannot say that I, I've seen some breakthroughs this year, but you can see everywhere some small details that, that makes quite a difference, you know, and uh, already people who are, brands who are doing it seriously are already uh, in the details of what can make the difference for uh, the end customers in the relationship and in the experience. Which means that they are already executing instead of just uh, pure, you know, hot air talk uh, and using, uh, you know, uh, trendy buzzwords uh, just to make themselves look cool, right? And uh, uh, I think Sachi also mentioned something about uh, uh, it's down to the retailers themselves and brands themselves to to be cool and not just rely on technology vendors to provide a cool element. So, in your opinion, what are the key takeaways when you? you know, venture out on your own in New York City and uh, explore all these stores and taking pictures and, you know, uh, going through the experiences yourself. What are the biggest impacts on you that uh, really left an impression that uh, you're dying to tell your customers when you go back to France? Um, again, I, I think it's the merging of um, 
of all the trends, you're, you're right. If you start working on uh, new experiences, suddenly you put back the brand on top of what you want to do. And, and, and it's impressive because at the same time, a few years ago, we were seeing that Amazon and Google were the brand killers, you know? What, because when you are using Google, you're using keywords. So you're using generic words. You are not saying a brand, I, I want. But at the same time, um, and as well with Amazon uh, entering so many markets, uh, um, I guess it's, it's incredible because um, uh, last December, uh, one of the brands that uh, I love, Old Birds, you know, the brand with purpose, and I've got some Old Birds shoes on my, on my feet today. Um, one of the partners, um, um, founders, uh, sent me uh, an open letter to Jeff Bezos uh, saying, okay, guy, you, you, can, uh, you can copy my, my product and sell it one third of the price, but at least do something for, um, for being co-responsible, you know? Uh, I give you everything in the way I'm, uh, um, when I'm uh, producing my, my product, I give you everything, every knowledge. You can meet all our partners. It's an open ecosystem, but at least do something in that direction. So I think that uh, as well, um, it's not just for creating some new experiences for the sake of experiences. It's also giving a purpose to what you do with your business and uh, uh, putting at the heart of your product something meaningful or at the heart of the, 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 you know, the space where you are designing those new experiences. I remember Angela Ahrens, before she left Apple, she was saying that the biggest product at Apple was the Apple Store. So it means that you need to create value, but with, you know, it's value for, for the purpose of something. And this is what I, I would like to, to convey with me, uh, Misa in Paris, when I'm exchanging on those topics with uh, my clients or prospects. The country where you come from, uh, France, uh, of course, they champion uh, sustainability causes, and of course, uh, they champion you know climate change and the pressing need to uh, also take actions. So, do you feel that one of the things that uh, uh, you could maybe uh, feel when you walk away from this uh, event is that uh, there's a lot of focus on technology, a lot of focus on performance, a lot of uh, uh, focus on data and. Uh, uh, customer experience. Uh, even uh, you see uh, more and more robots, you know, uh, being demoed uh, for real now with real arms and uh, picking stuff uh, up uh, really quickly and swiftly, like drones as well. But there's very little mention of the word sustainability. Do you think uh, it's also a message that uh, brands and marketers in general can uh, maybe uh, uh, put more spotlight on? Okay, because there, are, I think there, are, there is two sides of the world. There is again here, and uh, you know, normally everything that is taking place here um, should remain behind, uh, uh, let's say, behind the curtains for for the end customer. I mean, it's the pipes here. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's everything a customer doesn't want to see. Otherwise, the, the magic of experience, uh, it fails. So, and there is what we can see again, if you are walking all around in the streets of uh, Manhattan, and there you will see that um, in the design of the stores, let's say that um, um, 
there are some um, details remain reminding us that yes there is a problem with uh, global warming for example and nature is everywhere inside the stores uh, i've seen it in the nike store in the Nespresso stores or in the Apple store and everywhere you go now, I think that maybe Amazon, which is a great company, by, by the way, is still not really taking it um, seriously, even if uh, I think that Jeff Bezos is, uh, is making, is know, he knows that is at a turning point, but so it's why, you know, there is, a, okay, this wonderful world of technology but we must not be dazzled by technology for the sake of technology again and on my job since I'm doing some strategy I, I, I keep repeating to my end clients that there is only one thing that we can change it's uh, it's really the behavior of uh, their clients you know and clients and it's why we need to work of understanding their their behavior their wishes their needs to, to better adapt, uh, uh, let's say that the new experiences that we will develop uh, in the future. Um, and, uh, and it's different just to, to say that, uh, okay, technology as an end, no, it's just a mean. And yes, of course, uh, I think that technology can give you a competitive advantage in, 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 the, in the world we are living because competition is hard stuff for everyone, but you know, the end customer, it's something that he, he, he doesn't see, and if he starts seeing the technology, there is a problem, according to me. That's brilliant. And uh, you mentioned about uh, some of the things uh, uh, that uh, you're going to bring back to France. Uh, what are the other things that you have seen uh, during this visit uh, that had the biggest uh, impact on you? What other takeaways uh, would you like to share with our audience? Um, so key takeaway again I, I'm not I'm not thinking that it's uh, at the moment it's more incremental innovations because you can for example I went to the converse store and you can say that customizing your converse um, nothing new but uh, you know again in the details you can you can customize your laces now you can customize the printing on the the, the the pair of sneakers okay you can customize your your sneakers so again they are they are really trying to um, to make it um, uh, let's say that um, yeah to to, 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 to to make it something that can last uh, more than a trend they are scaling it um, and here we are the, the really at the core of the, this business we are speaking a lot about innovation um, innovation it's uh, it's to be able to to identify a, a problem, you know, something that is pain in the ass or something that could change, uh, let's say, uh, uh, the experience of a shopper and then uh, to try to find a solution. And we know that the solution now, it can be technological with a new feature, like uh, customizing uh, my pair of sneakers in, uh, in a store, can be human as well sometimes. And let's not forget that human services in the store can be great as well. Uh, and all over New York, we can see some uh, the human presence. And then after, it's, um, it's to, to try to, to implement it and to see whether or not it makes the difference with the, the customer. And once you've been proving that it's uh, being able to, to scale, 
I, I really think that, okay, that makes the difference. It's to be able to, to, to scale what you are doing as an innovation. It can be a small one. It can be a big one. Like Amazon Go, it's a big innovation. It's uh, something completely different. I was really, it was the first time I could see one and I was really impressed by all the sensors on the ceiling and you know, the digital cameras on the shelves, on the top of the shelves. So it mean, we know that we, we, we've seen the, 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 the famous uh, video launched by Amazon and of course it's really impressive. But uh, sometimes it's really something small and, um, and again, really for me, it's uh, the key takeaway, it's uh, the ability of a, of a brand to be able to, to, to scale up uh, those small or big innovations, to be able to, to, to make it uh, um, at disposal of your clients and not just uh, somewhere hidden, uh, you know, in a street and uh, to make it available to the larger number of people around. That's fantastic. So, um, what changes do you think for this uh, new decade, now we're in 2020, uh, do you think we can expect and how will it help uh, retailers and help uh, the retail industry in the dig digital age? What do you think are the kind of changes that we can expect more <laughs> it's, of? Um, it's really a complex uh, question because I think that we are, at the, let's say that um, there are many, many trends, you know, merging together. It's um, what's happening at the moment. I love repeating that, uh, okay, yes, we keep saying that the, the, the behavior of customers is changing, but it's not changing, uh, you know, for the sake of change. It's changing because, yes, there is one key driver, which is technology, for sure. If someone is inventing a new feature, something new, okay, then after the customer love it or not, if he doesn't love it, he doesn't take it. But if he loves it, of course, we are in a world where uh, quite quickly, you know, it can spread all around the world and it can be a mass usage. Um, at the same time, there is also what's becoming in the society. We're speaking about uh, global warming, about all those trends that are shaping as well the way we are behaving because suddenly we are aware of what's going on in the world. and. Okay, I think uh, it doesn't sound very good in, for the future. So it's really to be, um, you know, again, um, in the middle of all those trends, some are being shaped by technology, others are being shaped by the moods of people because they are living in, in an environment and they are aware of what's going on. And, um, and it's, it's quite unpredictable. Okay, then after we know there are other trends like uh, technology but nobody knows what will be the AI for example or uh, in 10 years I think even people were working on uh, some uh, machine learning uh, some deep learning modeling uh, know wh what it will be uh, I guess for me personalization the way we are knowing it it's not viable because it's uh, it's really inclusive when it should be exclusive okay at the moment we say that uh, you love something so people around you that love the same thing will choose that kind of product but sorry I would like at the same time it's my comfort zone at the same time we'd like to discover new things and at the moment I don't think that personalization works in that way so um, it, it's really difficult to, to, to know where it goes it goes fast then there is okay so there is technology there is data difficult 
to know, of course, we know that uh, uh, we, 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 we have to use data. Uh, it can be really, it can make the difference for a company, but still, uh, you don't have any uh, impact on it. Then there is the legal as well, but the legal, there is GDPR, and to tomorrow there will be a GDPR too, and a CCPA in California, it, it seems worse than GDPR. And so, uh, yeah, exactly. And um, so there are all those trends and uh, it's difficult, uh, again, uh, to, to, to sell, uh, to move forward and to know where, of course, so it means that uh, you need to be agile. But when we speak about agility for big companies, uh, it, it's not easy, you know. So um, I think that uh, you, you need to stay tuned on what's going on in the world. It's why we are coming here every single year um, to be uh, quite, uh, you see, um, to be quite uh, perspicuous in the way you are, you see the world moving and try things uh, in, your, in your own company to, to make sure that, uh, yes, you can be disrupted every single day, but at least you, you can anticipate what's going on in the world for, I don't know, six months, one year, two years. Going beyond those uh, two years, it's, it's it, you know, when we are working with a client uh, for ideation, trying to, to invent some new services, the roadmap never goes beyond the two or three years. That's an excellent answer. And uh, um, you mentioned about data. You also mentioned about anticipating, you know, what's happening uh, around the world. So it leads me to my next question, which I think you are in the best position to answer. Recently, I was in China attending this uh, marketing ranking awards where a lot of retailers, brands, uh, they all took part. And what I learned from the marketers there is that uh, it takes about 12 touch points just to convert a customer. So those who play a big role in China are obviously the influencers and also a word of mouth recommendations from family and friends. Uh, do you think that this is also going to be the new norm for the new or for the markets that you currently are serving at the moment? Okay, this, this is something we did not touch uh, since the beginning of our uh, podcast and uh, of course it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a big uh, topic as well. So you're right, 12, it depends really according to the vertical because I don't know if you are in, uh, in the, the automotive uh, industry or uh, I don't know, in, uh, in the hospitality uh, travel uh, industry, sometimes it's more like 40 or 50 touch points before you can convert your, your prospects slash uh, clients. So um, it depends really. Uh, but of course, we know that thanks to the data, we can, we can track basically everyone uh, all over the time if uh, even if uh, we don't like it it's really spooky on one side when you are a marketer i think we are living in a in a great world and at the same time if you are a citizen uh, okay what you see uh, i think that as a marketer facebook it, it's a it's treasure island and, and on, when you are on the other side uh, really I, I think it's uh, it's freaky for me but um, and I, I'm not I, I'm not thinking that Facebook the group Facebook is doing is doing well to to, to, to human species but it's another debate so you're right of course uh, influencers it's uh, it's the, the, the new um, um, again it's the new treasure island for 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 brands uh, in some uh, in some businesses it's uh, it's really where you have to invest I think I, I was listening to the CMO of Estee Lauder saying that uh, 
80% of her budget marketing and communication budget was uh, was directed now to influencers and uh, so it means that this is where it takes place. Um, China is the most advanced market in the world because it's like Uberization. It means that there uh, you start as an influencer and step by step you are, you are moving up the scale and at the end you are the producer of your own product and you are becoming a brand. And, uh, and of course, you are in a world where um, traditional brands are competing with uh, influencers who are becoming brands uh, themselves. And uh, so it's uh, sometimes, um, it's like co-branding. Sometimes it works and sometimes it fails. But uh, um, for sure, if you are in the fitness industry, I don't know, health, um, beauty, um, different business fashion, and Doing without the influencers, it's not possible. It's a, it's a way long time ago when uh, you could lack influencers and uh, when you were on the front row and asking, what this guy is doing here, you know? When you know that Chiara Ferrani did uh, 25 million of dollars last year uh, on her business uh, being an influencer, it's, uh, it's something and some people are saying that she's just silly. Maybe she's silly, but uh, I think she's got great acumen and uh, she knows what business uh, does and she understands the world. And we were speaking about data. She knows how to analyze uh, her analytics and uh, she knows very well her, her, her followers. So it means that she knows very well her audiences and she knows how to engage with her audiences. And we are back to the beginning of this discussion. This is exactly what many brands still have to achieve and still have to, to understand. So KPIs are changing uh, quite fast for brands and, uh, and whatever, it can be the B2C or the B2B uh, uh, world. Um, it's a whole new um, a paradigm that uh, the brands uh, are, have to, to, to master and to manage. And of course, uh, according to your impact on the business, you have to move faster or slower. But uh, yes, I think uh, for what you, you saw in China, it's, uh, it's completely true. That's awesome. Um, we are going to hit the uh, 30th minute mark. So I think it's a okay. uh, good time to maybe uh, go to our last segment, which is a speed round of questions. Okay. So uh, try not to overthink your answers. Are you ready? I will try to, 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 to make some fast answers. Let's go. A brand that you cannot live without. Uh, Apple. I'm yeah. a fanboy. Your favorite CEO? Uh, mine. You will What's love his name? it. <laughs> Sebastian Lombardo. So I hope he's listening, right? <laughs> if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, uh, who would it be and why? When you say? If you can have dinner with three person, three people, either dead or alive, who would it be and why? Um, Tim Cook, because I think he's a better CEO than uh, Steve Jobs was. Um, Jeff Bezos. I think it's the dark side of, uh, <laughs> of the strength, but still, I think that guy must be amazing. Um, the third one, um, Trump, to discover whether what we say about him is true or not. <laughs> That's an awesome answer. Can you remember the first brand that had an impact on you when you were a kid? Wow, sorry, it's difficult. Uh, maybe it was uh, the Marvel brand through their superheroes. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, PSG or Marseille? Um, neither. Uh, I'm a Monaco fan in France. Uh, I, don't like, uh, I don't like PSG and Marseille. 
Awesome, I love Monaco too. <laughs> Podcast or vlogs? Podcast. Cola or lemonade? Lemonade. What's your biggest passion in life? Um, I love what I'm doing. I'm passionate by my work and uh, also taking care of my kids. That's a brilliant answer. What else do you have uh, going on that you want our listeners uh, to make sure they'll be on the lookout for, especially uh, where you'll be going next? Or what kind of projects are you embarking on uh, that uh, would be good to tell or let our listeners know? Um, I'm working on different projects. I must admit that now, for me, it's more difficult to to work on uh, traditional uh, projects like uh, revamping a new website for a brand. Um, I, I love more complex uh, challenges and I think that at the moment uh, rethinking retail stores uh, is, uh, is the next challenge and, uh, and, I, and I love it. So uh, we do want to direct our community listeners also to find you on the web. Uh, is LinkedIn the best place to find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me as well on Twitter at uh, P Maloti. Uh, quite easy to find me as, as well, uh, I think, on Instagram. Even if I'm not doing uh, great things on Instagram, I must admit. Uh, but it's a choice. It's a personal choice. Um, I don't like, again, uh, the way Facebook group is, uh, is uh, using data for personal privacy. That's awesome. So uh, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And uh, we definitely enjoy talking to you. We're going to finish this episode here. Yeah. So thank you so much. And I hope to see you again next year's edition of NRF 2021. Okay. It was uh, really an honor to be with you and being your guest tonight. Right thank back you. at you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.